Just about every one of us recognizes how much we need more time. We're short on time. We could use a little bit more, not only at the end of the day, but even at the beginning. This sermon is going to look at what the scriptures say about time and what is God's advice for us as we seek more time. This sermon was originally recorded at Castle Rock Middle School, April 28th, 2013. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, We're starting up a new series, kind of. Uh, Last week, I got a preview of it as we talked about, I need more security. And what we did is, to come up with this series, we thought, what are some things that on a human, from a human perspective, what are some things that we could use some more of? And you just kind of look across, and we we thought of a few things. We could use more um, money. A lot of people would feel that way. A lot more security. I think after we see the bombings and things that happen in Boston, there's this sense of, I could use a little more security in my life. Uh, We're talking about, I could use more friends, faithful friends, or I could use more confidence, as you talk about trying to do the things that you do every day. So we're going to be covering some of these through May and then starting up in June when we we pick up and move and we go over to the elementary school at Meadowview. We've got a different series about the wandering people of Israel, which I think is going to be pretty fun. So I need more. Today we're talking about time. Uh, Time's a tricky thing, isn't it? So tricky you can't explain it to kids, I just realized. I was trying to... It's not this commodity, is it? People, you, we have all these phrases for time, like uh, you got to make time for that. Can you really make time? You got to steal time. People are, if they're really serious about something, they're like, you got to steal time with your kids. What? Can you actually steal time? Can you save time? Right? Like, where is it? Like, if you try and save time and you have this sweet shortcut that you know about, do you actually? Where does that time go? It doesn't, and it's not a commodity like money. All that stuff makes sense. You can make money, right? You can steal money. You shouldn't steal money, but you can steal money. You can um, save money. You can do all these things. You can stretch a dollar in a sense. All this stuff makes sense, but you can't really do that with time because time just keeps trucking. No matter what you do to try and slow things down, it's just like this train that just keeps going, and you can desperately do whatever you want, but time just keeps going. And how many of you have recognized that in your life? I think the biggest eye-opener most likely is your pets, right? How many of you have, um, do you recognize what animal that is? That's a tortoise. Does anyone have a pet tortoise? A, they're probably not very fun. Like fetch would be like a four-hour game right there. Um, and it's probably a four-hour game because tortoises live to like 150 to like 200 plus years. Think how depressing it would be if you had a hand-me-down pet. Like your grandfather said, this was my pet son, and now I hand it down, grandson, and now I hand it down to you because I'm going to die, but my pet is going to live. I think that would be depressing. Instead, we have cute little dogs like this. Can anyone see it? This is not the actual dog that my brother has. My brother just got a new Weimariner, I think is how you say it, and they're pretty excited about it. And how many of you have had the, uh, how would I say it, opportunity? Um, We'll just go with blessing. How many of you have had the blessing of getting a brand new puppy? This is fantastic, right? You, you see this new puppy. It's the cutest thing, I think, on the whole planet. And that lasts, I think, for about eight days. And so you have this cute puppy. And then the puppy grows up, and it's got all this energy. And then um, you've got, like, the glory years when the, the puppy listens and doesn't make messes in the houses and doesn't chew on your stuff. And then suddenly the dog becomes older. And um, how many of you had to go through the trouble of your pet dying? This is kind of a traumatic thing, and I think it's one, because A, you love the pet, but two, this is like a fast-forward version of your own life, I think, a little bit. And you don't recognize it. I didn't recognize this as a kid, because I always thought I had the rest of the world to live, and I'm not too worried about the rest of my life. 
but I think it is a fast forward. You see like all this energy and you think back, man, I used to have energy. I used to, I used to not hurt in the morning. I used to like run circles. I was so excited. When I saw food, I used to run. This is cool. And then suddenly they get the middle years and, um, and maybe you can recognize that. That makes sense. You don't make messes in the house and you, you listen and things like that. But knowing after seeing this pet that you love so much start to age, you know someday that's going to happen to me. Someday, like, my own body is going to start to deteriorate, and it's going to be depressing. But, okay, <laughs> I just made sure that it wasn't danger. We're in good shape. So we have these pets. We don't get tortoises because it's depressing, but at the same time, we get this little glimmer that time just keeps trucking along. Um, how many of you have AT&T for a cell carrier? I have AT&T. Just because of the iPhone? Is that what happened to you? So you got lured in. But AT&T has one cool feature which is high bills. No, that's a joke. Um, they have one cool feature, which is these rollover minutes. So you have so many minutes you can use in a month, and then if you don't use them, they roll over to the next month, which is pretty cool because you're never too paranoid. Amy and I have this bank of rollover minutes, so we could talk all day long. Actually, we're free between each other. So I could call telemarketers and talk all day long because I, I got banked minutes. Wouldn't it be cool if we could do that in real life? Like, if a day is kind of lousy outside, you're like, man, I'll bank these minutes, and I'll, I'll use them up a little bit later. Wouldn't that be cool? If somehow, or even if some experiences would just seem like they go faster, and then some experiences you could slow down. I think that would be the ultimate. Like, you go to Walmart, I'd be like, let's triple time this baby. You know, and then, like, I get done, I'm like, man, it didn't even feel like 10 minutes. You know, that would be fantastic. And then you could bank those minutes for, like, some other thing that's more fun than going to Walmart, which is pretty much anything on the whole planet, right? I mean, this would be fantastic. Like, you're on vacation, and it just feels a little bit longer. Wouldn't that be great? Or your time, work goes by fast, and then you have this time with your family, and it could kind of somehow stretch. But does time work that way? Time just keeps trucking and trucking and trucking and trucking. The, uh, the example we have in Scripture that talk about time, and I looked around in a number of places in time, but this is Psalm 90. So this is uh, Moses, who's writing, he's only written one psalm, but this is his, uh, the psalm that he wrote. So he wrote, wrote the first five books of the Bible. That's what's credited to him and also this psalm. So it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You've probably heard that verse before, right? That's encouraging, right? God's around forever. Now reality hits. Uh, you turn men back to dust saying, return to dust, O sons of men. Here's the encouraging part. God, for a thousand years in your sight is like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. The reality is God is the only being totally unaffected by time. If you want to just lie awake at night and just have your brain get squeezed, just think about that. God never had a beginning and God never had an end. Just, just try and go to sleep at night. Don't think of it. Count sheep. That's my recommendation because if you start thinking eternity and things like that, your head just starts to get crushed. So God is totally outside of space and time. But now reality hits again. Uh, you sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like new grass of the morning. Though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. We're consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. How's that for encouraging? Moses, this is a cheat here because he lived to be 120, but, so he must have written this a little bit earlier, or he was rubbing it into people. 
Um, but it says the length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength. Yet the span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger, for your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Do you notice the older you get, the faster time goes by? Like when you go on vacation, is that, do you ever notice it's like on hyperspeed? Like you, somehow you get on the plane and then suddenly it's like Saturday, you're like, it's done? And you've been looking forward to this for months and months and months, and then it's just like gone. Or kids, um, like the Christmas rush. I remember when I was a kid, I would look forward to Christmas. Oh, I still do. But I re- you'd look forward to Christmas and the presents because back then people bought me gifts. And then now I give the gifts, which is, it's better to give than receive. So don't, don't take that the wrong way. But do you notice how quickly that goes by? Like you're kind of excited for Christmas, and then it's like, and then suddenly it's Christmas Eve, like this big event in my household, and I just, even that day buzzes by super fast. Now, how many of you with kids have talked to someone um, as you walk around, and they say, you know what, it goes so fast? Do people ever say that to you? I don't know if it looks like I don't appreciate my kids, but I think I get this like every two weeks. I'll just be in the line, and some lady will be looking at my kids, and they're like, oh, it goes so fast, you have to treasure it while, it's, while you have them now. I do. I like the kids. I mean. <laughs> and then two weeks later, someone else says it. So you let me know if there's any tells that show that I'm not enjoying my time with my kids at the grocery. If I'm at Walmart, though, I mean, that's kind of like this, that's, a, that's two things pulling against each other. So we have this reality that time just keeps trucking. Only God is outside of time. And the reality is when the Bible talks about time, it's not very romantic. There's fantastic things the Bible talks about, but when it talks about time, it's just like, yep, it's going to tick, 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 and then you die. However, we, <laughs> you're like, this is the most depressing sermon I've ever heard. Amen. That'll do it. <laughs> time ticks away and you die. Um, there is something that he says right at the end of this psalm. So teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. If you appreciate things, I'm guessing that you know how many of those things you have. This is just a guess. And so I'm going to go through, um, I think you call it an acrostic if it has one for each letter. Treasure the time that you have. And what I mean by that is, uh, he says, teach us to number our days. If you know how many of something you have, you probably treasure it. So how many of you know how many cotton balls you have in your house? You're weird if you do. You do not. (laughs) not by the sack full, or by, I can't say bag because it's very obvious I'm from the Midwest, so I have to say sack. Not by the sack full, but how many count your cotton balls? Nobody. How many counts Q-tips? You don't. How many knows how many quarts of oil you have in your car? I mean, in your, your garage. Nobody. How many of you know how many kids you have? Right? <laughs> you should know. <laughs> how many of you know how many uh, wives you have? Good. You guys are doing excellent. You are passing the test. How many gods do we have? We have one God, right? And one wife, for the record. Um, if, if you treasure something, you know it. And you're like, well, those are just small numbers. I mean, everyone knows how many houses they have. Everyone knows these things. How many cars you have. Everyone knows these things. You should know. Otherwise, <laughs> this is not a good situation if you don't know how many vehicles you own. But if you treasure something, you know how many there are. And that's not necessarily just small numbers. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to collect Roger Clemens baseball cards. I think I've told you this before. Yeah, he's done steroids and the whole deal. But I, at one point, I had over 400 different Roger Clemens baseball cards. And at any moment, you could have asked me, because this was my hobby, and I thought this is totally fun. We'd ride our bikes to the Columbus Club or something like that, and we'd pay our dollar, and we'd get these cards. At any moment, I could have told you how many different cards I had at that time. 
Now I have no idea because it doesn't mean so much. So sometimes if shoes are a big deal to you, do you know how many pairs of shoes you have? I have no idea how many shoes I have, like six-ish. <laughs> I have no idea, but if shoes are a big deal to you, I bet some people know exactly how many shoes they have because this is a big deal. One guy, he um, used to work at the Nike factory store, and I went to college with him. He seriously brought like one of these giant bins like you put your Christmas ornaments in with his Nike shoes. He had 32 pair, and I remember the number because he said it. He said, I've got 32 pair. I'm like, huh, I don't know how many shoes I have. Were shoes a big deal to him? So where do we get when time? God says, teach us to number our days aright. What he's saying is you have to treasure the time that you have. And you're saying, well, time spuzz by. Is a year a big deal? Well, then ask someone who's failed a grade of school. I think they tell you a year is kind of a big deal. Or is uh, a month a big deal? And you're like, well, a month's not that big a deal. But ask someone who's had a baby that's premature. I think they'd say a month is a big deal. Or a minute. Is a minute a big deal? Well, it is if you have a heart attack. Or what about like a split second? Most of the time, I mean, we could just sit here for a second. All right, I just wasted a second of yours. But most of the time, it's not a big deal. But what happens if you're like in the Olympic trials or something like that, and you have this huge goal, and you miss by like just a split second? Then it becomes a big deal. And what the Bible is saying is everyone has limited time. You have to appreciate the time that you have. Um, you know the song, 525,600 Minutes? 525,600 minutes. I think it's from the movie, is it Rent? Now, I'm not endorsing the movie or the, or the, uh, the show at all, but each one of us, I mean, time at, at its heart is the ultimate in socialism because no matter how rich you are, no matter how poor you are, if you're black, white, or orange, it does not matter. You have the exact same amount of time in a given day as anyone else. So when... Uh, Treasure the time that you have. The second one is, I'll hold off on a second. We use terms that we said that involve time. We say you've got to stretch time, you've got to save time, you've got to steal time. Most of those I don't think apply, but I think this one does, um, if it works. Invest your time. And what do we mean by invest? Uh, we just covered. Every one of you wake up in the morning with 1,440 minutes. Sounds like a lot, actually. So you wake up in the morning, this is how much you have to invest. Just think if this was in dollars. So every morning, your bank account had $1,440 for you to invest. At the end of the day, they're gone. So would you spend that money every day? If it was cash money, I think. And, and you could do a number of things with it. You could just blow it like the movie Brewster's Millions, and you could get like the upside-down plane stamp and things like that. Or you can invest the time into something that's worthwhile, maybe your mortgage or something like that. The same thing is true with time. You can take it. I'm guessing... How you spend your time will show what's most important to you. And it, your week actually gets squeezed. You know how many hours there are in a week? 168. So there's 168 hours in a week. How much of that time do you spend going to work or working? How much, <laughs> I should say, how long are you punched in for? Maybe that's a better question. You're like, oh, that's a, that's a different story. Uh, roughly 50 hours, probably. I mean, the studies say the average person is about 50 hours. You either spend going to work or working. And if you work way more than that, that's fine. You're probably just not that fun when you're not working. And sleep, how much sleep does the average person get? So that's 50 hours. Average person, we'd say eight hours. We're going to put it at eight hours. So that puts it at 56 hours a week. And again, if you say, I don't sleep that much, that's fine. But you're probably not that fun to hang out with when you are awake. So if you don't, so sleep eight hours, this is good. So now we're at 108 hours of our 168 hours are gone already. Do you know what the studies say you spend eating and personal hygiene? 
three, I gotta get this right, uh, three and a half hours a day. So whatever that comes out to, I can't remember the math. So roughly three and a half hours a day that you spend just eating in personal hygiene. So who thinks that's a high number? That seems a little bit high, but I don't want to mess up my stats. So if you eat way faster than that, I'm just assuming uh, you take like two and a half hour showers. So just so we don't mess up our stats as I looked it up, what's the discretionary time that's left? Roughly. About five hours a day. Five hours. Does that seem legit? That is not consumed by things. So you have discretionary time of like five hours a day. How do you spend that time? Do you spend it like surfing the internet? Do you spend it watching TV? Do you spend it like reading magazines? Or are you, what we're talking about, investing that time? And if something is important to you, I would guess I could follow you for 10 days. That sounds creepy. Um, I have no other way to put it. Someone, someone friendlier looking can follow you for 10 days. I think they'd get a pretty good idea what's most important to you. And on paper, a lot of us would say, hey, our family is absolutely vital, or God is absolutely vital to my life. Does it show itself in the way that you use the time that you can spend any way you want? There's a study, and you're like, how much t- just think in your head, how much time do you spend with your family in a given day? So you got, you got some numbers here. There's a study that they did with 1,500 families out of the University of Michigan. And if this is mothers who, work, um, mothers who work outside the home and fathers who work outside the home. So they do this study, and at the end of it they say the average mother spends 14 minutes a day outside of mealtimes with her kids if she works outside the home. 14 minutes. The dad, do you know what that is? Eight. On a weekend, so you got the whole weekend per day, the average for a mother is 30 minutes, and the average for a father I think was like 15 minutes. I'm not saying that that is what's happening to you. But I think you do have to step back and say, am I investing the time that I do have in the things that are most important or not? Or you say that God is very important to me. Are you investing the time that God has given you, this discretionary time with him? I think it would make sense to tithe. This is my, my concept here. Tithe your discretionary time. So you've got like three and a half hours a week that you can dedicate towards the Lord, which we talk about. You could do an hour of Bible study, uh, like our grow groups, an hour of worship, that leaves about 12 minutes a day just for personal Bible study. And this is my own recommendation. Can I tithe my time to the Lord so that things get put back into perspective? Very closely tied to what we're talking about uh, is manage your time. Now, these are kind of the same thing. Um, investing your time and managing your time is the same deal, a little bit. And I, the illustration I was going to show, and I've showed with the kids, do you remember with the jar? I will show you a jar just in case you don't know what a jar looks like. Remember the jar with the rocks? And this is an old thing, but you have this jar of rocks. If you don't, I mean an empty jar, you put in the big rocks, then the small rocks, then the sand and the water, and it all fits. But if you fill it up with sand, there's never a chance to fill in the most important things. If you don't manage your time, something or someone else will. I'll give you an example. Does anyone recognize this person? It's a little dark. This is an old picture, by the way. That's Ken Griffey Jr. He played for the Mariners and the Reds for a while. He's one of the best baseball players ever that we know of that didn't take drugs. So I think he's the, maybe he's the only player in the 90s that didn't take drugs. But he's a phenomenal baseball player. That's his son on the left, whose name is Trey. He's actually now at the University of Arizona as a wide receiver. So this is an old, old photo. Why am I bringing this up? He got nominated for the Sportsman of the Year by the Player Choice Award. And they said, here's the day, would you like to come? We're really excited. National TV, um, player of the decade. It wasn't even player of the year, player of the decade. And he said, well, sorry, I can't. 
You know what the reason was? It was Trey's first baseball game, and he was five years old. And I say, good for him. You have to make choices to say, what am I going to fill up my jar with? And if you don't manage your time, someone or something else is going to absolutely consume that time and take that time away. With Mar- This is a um, practical thing, and then we're going to hear our last point. Um, the idea of margin in your life, I think, is a valuable thing when you're talking about how do I manage my time and what do I mean by margin. Uh, margin is getting to the end of the month and you still have money when you talk money. Um, Dave Ramsey, if anyone listens to Dave Ramsey, one of his first advices, uh, first advices, advicee, that's Latin. No, one of his, uh, I don't even know how to say it properly. A bit of advice that he has, one of the first things that he gives is a bit of advice to people. How about that? is that you should have $1,000 in an emergency fund, which seems kind of silly because people are like, well, I've got all these debtors that are trying to bug me and all these other things. But his theory is this. If you have $1,000 socked away, no matter what comes along, not no matter what, but pretty much your car goes wrong or something like that, you've got some kind of cushion so you're not to the end and to the edge every single month. And a lot of us make these perfect plans with, in money that makes some sense, right? You have this general budget and you try and work with that budget and you want to get to the end so you still have a few dollars left so you're not in this major stress mode. How many of you do that, though, with your time? In your mind, you wake up with this perfect plan that says, okay, I can get up at 6.04 and I can um, take three and a half hours to eat and personal hygiene. Is that how you figured it? So, so now I work at noon. No, I mean, you try and do this math, but how many of you really push your time like all the way to the edge? And I think the classic example is if you're ever late for church, you're late for events. Um, the classic example is people figure the fastest time they've ever made it somewhere. Like if you've made it to church in 18 minutes once, in your mind, if you're a habitually late person, my guess is every time you leave the house, somehow you think you're going to make it in 18 minutes, even though it normally takes like 28 but somehow, magically, the lights all worked, and you followed an ambulance all the way to church, and you pulled in, you're like, 18 minutes. We're here early. What are we going to do with ourselves? Now we've got to talk to people and stuff like this. This, is, this isn't a good situation. Most of us, though, I think, struggle with this idea of trying to press our time all the way to the edge. And a marginless life is one that you're late for the doctor because you were late to drop off your kids, because you were late getting out of like your hair appointment or something like that, or you were late leaving the mechanics, or you're late leaving work. This is not leaving margin in your life, and what that's going to do is leave stress. Let me give you an example from endurance. Um, how many of you trained for like an endurance event of some sort? I'm not saying like super intense, something like this. The idea with endurance training is you need to build your aerobic capacity, and you're like, oh no, now where are we going with this? You need to build your aerobic capacity so that when you really call upon it, it's like building your tank. If you've got a small gas tank, um, if you've got a mini, like a little moped, they hold like one gallon of gas. It goes for like 100 miles. But if you have this little tank, um, building aerobic capacity is making that tank bigger. And then as you get closer to the fine-tuned part of a race, the speed work and stuff like this, eyes are rolling back in their heads. Um, you get to the speed work, that's like filling it with gasoline, if this kind of makes sense. If you've ever done endurance stuff, you're like, I'm feeling great for the first like 10 minutes, all right, two minutes. And if you haven't trained, what you realize after training is like suddenly you can hold a pace that you could never hold before for longer. Does this make sense? And the secret to that is um, not going all out every day. And if you go to the wall in your weight training, you go to the wall in your endurance training every single day, you think this is going to give me the most benefit. What happens to you? You burn out. 
I mean, completely burn out. If you're going to be like these lifting guys, how many, uh, we got to play in college and I got to play in high school, there's always the guy who would be doing the same thing, bicep workout, every day. And the guy who did it like twice a week would suddenly be getting bigger and bigger, and the guy who did it every day, he's just trying. I can still picture him. He had like a whole body motion into it. It was pretty awesome. But his biceps got, like in four-year period of time, went from like this big to this big. And why was that? He never had any downtime. His body never got a chance to recuperate. These fibers that are getting torn never had a chance to build up bigger. And the same thing is true with your time. And now this sounds closely connected. If you're trying to go to the edge every single day, in your mind you think, I'm just going to become more and more efficient. And what happens is you just burn yourself out. And so when I'm talking about managing time, that's being able to say no so that you have times of stress and then times of release and times of stress, and times of release, so that eventually, actually, your um, capacity to handle time gets bigger, I think, and you become more efficient at the things that you do, and you're able to handle more things without the things, as long as you have downtime. Last thing, Um, treasure, invest, manage, and any guesses? Enjoy your time. Each day is a gift of your grace, and we finish a a gift of grace from God. We finished our reading from John. Do you remember how it finished? Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God's not trying to pile your life with more stuff. God's not saying you've got to fill it with more junk. God is saying that the life you do have, the days and the moments you do have on this planet, can be used to my greatest ability. Take that time. Um, Jesus came here for the simple purpose, that you may have a full life. He came with a simple purpose that said, every moment I'm going to be cognizant of what God wants of me. Every moment he's going to walk all the way to the cross. Every moment and say, God, I want to fulfill what your obedience is so that you can be with him. So your life doesn't just end at 70 or 80 years if you have the strength, but through Jesus and his forgiveness, you have a full life, one you can enjoy knowing you are forgiven and set apart for him and to live with him forever. Treasure your time invest your time, manage your time, and enjoy your time. It's a tricky thing. The more you think about time, it really is kind of depressing, the way that it trucks along. But it's not depressing knowing that we have a Savior who has made that this tiny little blip of eternity that is our lifespan um, eventually lasts forever because of Him. Amen.
天堂。